Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors, brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes, just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Welcome to this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast from UEA. This month, I'm joined by Lydia, and I'm very excited because we're actually in the same room at last. (laughs) Hi, Lydia. Hello. Yeah, we're in Broadcast House, which is the new home for our broadcast journalism and media course here at UEA. And yeah, it's lovely to be with Alex in person. It's great. With proper fancy equipment after so long being online, it's great. Um, So later, we'll be joined by Claire and Barney from the course to tell us a bit more about these amazing facilities. But first, our annual conference for teachers and advisors is fast approaching. So can you tell us? a bit more about what's on the program this year yeah absolutely so this year's program is based around a sort of overarching theme of sharing best practice uh, which means the majority of our sessions will be interactive discussion based so do come armed with questions and be ready to kind of share your ideas and a few kind of highlights but not kind of everything going on we've got um, an exciting talk from Dr Katie Bell who is the Chief Marketing Officer at UCAS Uh, we also have a, a look into kind of student well-being with Dr Dominique Thompson who was an award-winning GP and young people's mental health expert. And then we've got a number of kind of talks and Q&As on topics, including admissions, recovering from the kind of impact of COVID, study abroad, placement years. So lots of really exciting kind of sessions and workshops and things to get involved with. Great. That sounds like a brilliant programme. Lots going on. So um, can you just remind us of the sort of logistics and the details around it? Sure. So the conference is taking place in Norwich on Thursday the 9th and Friday the 10th. Um, It includes free overnight accommodation, a networking dinner on the Thursday night, and it's also CPD certified and open to any education professionals working with students as they apply and sort of progress into higher education. Brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, and there's still plenty of time to register, so please do book your free place now. Just head to www.uea.ac.uk forward slash study forward slash teachers conference nurturing bright futures the higher education advice podcast for teachers and advisors brought to you by uea so as mentioned this month we're coming from the -the state-of-the-art facilities recently opened um, for our broadcast journalism and media students and i'm really pleased to welcome to the show claire Preecy, course director for broadcast journalism and barney chowdhury an award-winning journalist and our newest lecturer in broadcast and multimedia journalism so welcome both thank you thanks for inviting us yes thank you and we're really glad you're down at broadcast house it's lovely to see you yeah it's so nice to be here and great to see all the facilities and, and look around Around. But yeah, I don't know, Claire, if we can start with you. Um, so obviously, broadcast and multimedia journalism is a fairly new course at UEA. Could you tell us a little bit more about it, please? So we've only been running a couple of years. You're right, we're really new. Um, and it's a really exciting course for any students or young people who want to be a journalist. So they want to get going with a career in the media and they want something really, really hands on because that's what we are. We start off when we talk to you about news. What is news? Where do you find news? Where do we find stories? How do we go about researching those stories? How do we go about finding interviewees? How do we conduct interviews? And then how do we write stories for online? How do we create stories for radio? How do we create them for television? 
And we make programs. So we make programs for radio, we make programs for TV. And it's a really, really hands-on course taught by journalists who have all got a great deal of experience in the media. So experience in TV, experience in radio, experience in online as well. So it's not taught from a theoretical perspective, it's taught from a practical perspective. Obviously, there's lots going on here. I don't know if you can just tell us a little bit more about the facilities that the students have actually got access to. Yeah, so Broadcast House, we are so thrilled to be here. We've been here since September. We haven't been here very long at all. This building used to be the home of Heart Radio. And before that, it was the home of Radio Broadland. So it was fitted out um, in the 1980s with where we are now in these three fantastic purpose-built studios. So we're in Studio 2, which is our podcast studio. Studio One is our radio studio, which you can see through the, the glass there. We've got, yeah. we've got a, a visual connection to the three studios. And then Studio Three, you can't see so well, but that's our TV studio where we do our TV programmes from. And the podcast maybe sounds a little bit different today, but that's because we're in this fantastically wonderful soundproof studio. So if I knock on the walls, you know, there's no interference. It's completely soundproof, so it's fantastic. The other reason it's so great is we love being in the city centre because news happens where people are. So we like to be in the heart of the city so students can go out, talk to people at the library, at the forum, talk to people on the market, talk to people just doing all of their lives. And it helps them to find stories and really generate news that's off campus. So some of the courses taught on campus, but you'll be, the students, if they come here, will be down here at least one day a week when we're talking to sort of students and we're out and about and with the teachers and advisors who are listening what sort of students are you sort of looking for on, on this course is, is there kind of any prerequisites you'd look for or that type of student who you think would really kind of thrive in mm. this environment it's not about what they've done for their a-levels or for their b-tech it's not about that at all what it's really about is are they keen are they hard-working are they determined do they watch read and listen to the news okay and and have they got the right kind of can-do attitude yeah have they have they got that get up and go about them one of the applicants said to me once um if i say i'm going to be somewhere I'm always there. And she is currently our second year student who's just been on work placement at the BBC and just been offered paid shifts at the BBC. So, yeah. So she's the kind of student who I really, really look for. That student who goes, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to push myself forward. I'm going to give it a go, even if I'm not sure. So those are the kind of students who who really do well on our course. Is is that what you think, Barney? Absolutely spot on. It's got to be somebody who actually understands why they want to be a journalist, what it is like to hold a mirror up to society and also to hold power to account. There's nothing better than being the voice of the listener or the voice of the viewer. We are in such a privileged position because we get to uh, meet people and, and interview people. Right after this, I've got an interview with the Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, that's the sort of thing that we are trying to get into our students as well. That It doesn't matter who they are. They are human beings. Don't be scared of them. Your job is to make sure that you represent the people who are listening or watching you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the interview process is nothing to be scared of, really. I mean, you do your normal UCAS application, as you would expect. Um, and we read through that and we, look for, we do look for things like if they've got any um, experience, maybe a student magazine, you know, anything that they've done, if they've made their own podcasts, that's an advantage. But it's really not essential. What we're looking for is attitude and aptitude more than that. And when you come to interview, you'll do a video interview with one of us, myself, Barney, one of the other team. And we're looking for people who are keen and news savvy. So have 
have they read the news? Are they across the stories, the big stories that happen in the world? Can they tell us about them? Can they pitch us a story idea? You know, have they got an idea for a story that they could tell us about? So those are the kind of things that we're that we're really looking for, that they're interested in the news, they're really curious about the world around them. Yeah, nosy people are very welcome here. Um, and and have they got that kind of can-do attitude that says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a go, no matter what challenges I face, I'm just going to try. Brilliant. That's great. good to hear that's the sort of thing you're looking for. That's definitely what we try and get across to students, but it's brilliant to hear it from, from you two when you're the, the ones actually teaching them on the ground as well. Also, the point is, is that we really welcome people from diverse communities. Mm. So the idea of widening participation is one of the reasons why we're here. The industry is bereft of people in different social classes, different social groups, especially those whose parents are out of work, for example. Um, They think that university is not for them, but it is. It's exactly the sort of experience, lived-in experience, that they bring in to a newsroom which makes their broadcaster, their newspaper so special because they can come in with a different perspective. Subscribe to our podcast now and make sure you never miss another episode. Barney, I know you've recently joined UEA, haven't you? So I don't know if you can just talk to us a little bit about your kind of previous career and experience. I guess the first thing to say is that it's a privilege being here and working with colleagues who are absolutely fantastic. That's the first thing that I would say. And it's not because the course director happens to be sitting next to me. (laughs) And I just made him a cup of tea. See, that's the difference. The boss makes the tea Um, and not the other way around, which is, I mean, she wouldn't want to drink my tea I can't I, I just cannot make tea um, so I started broadcasting when I was 16 I did something called hospital radio and then I got work experience at independent local radio in the city where I lived in Coventry and then uh, I went to university and I was lucky I worked for independent local radio there and I was taught by some fantastic people I really was for example there's a football commentator by the name of Jonathan Pierce. He taught me how to type and he took me to one side and said, look, to get on in journalism, you need to be able to type because I handed him a piece of copy where I'd written some rugby scores and he couldn't read it. And I'd never been so embarrassed in my life. (laughs) And then I was lucky. I I joined uh, the BBC as a local radio trainee. And um, that was in 1986, and I left 24 years later after being a world affairs correspondent, a business correspondent, a social affairs correspondent, you name it, I I, I did it. And at the same time, I had a twin-track career in academia. I joined university in 1999, where I taught. In 2010, I, I left broadcasting and set up a global consultancy, and I started doing what you're doing, which is communications. Um, and I think um, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> and Barney's a great addition to the team, but he's not the only one. So when you came in, you met Jenny Kirk. Jenny Kirk works three days a week with us, and she works two days a week for the BBC Look East. So Jenny, like Barney doing his, his work with East and I, she's keeping her skills up to date. Yeah, she's working with the BBC um, some of the time and working with us some of the time. So it means that she's got the latest skills that all the students need to learn. Julian Sturdy was an investigations editor for BBC Look East. He's produced programmes for File on 4, um, uh, on, on Radio 4, and he's done a panorama as well in the last couple of years. My background's in radio. I came from Radio 1. I've also worked across Five Live as an entertainment reporter, um, and I've worked for LBC um, and BBC Radio London as well and, and BBC Essex, which is where I started. 
did. Um, so we've all got different skills to bring, um, but actually most of it is the most important thing is is we've got those up to date skills mm. um, and we're keeping in touch with those, which is really important. Yeah, you've got that current real on the ground stuff haven't you all the mm. time kind of uh, ongoing definitely so yeah. you mentioned this skills I don't know if there's obviously been lots of changes in, in journalism over your career and um it, the kind of all the different experiences that you've had but I don't know if you can summarize what you think perhaps some of those key skills are for me it's about the ability to talk to people mm, definitely pick up the phone yeah. don't send me an email pick up mm. the phone or go into the center of town and just listen one of the tricks that um, one of my editors taught me was that this is 1987. I'm 22 years old. He gives me five pounds. He said, go and get yourself a day uh, bus fare and come back with 10 different stories. People make stories. And if we can't speak to them, then we're in big, big trouble. And because majority of people now are on their smartphones and looking down on Twitter and, and whatever. We've lost that art almost of communicating with each other and talking to each other. We've stopped listening to other people and their lives and it's their stories that we're trying to say and, and, and portray. So that hasn't changed but it really does need augmenting I don't know what you think about that Claire. yeah I think you're right and when I look at the most successful students we have it's always those students who are happy to talk to anybody that they are that they'll give it a go that they're confident that they can make connections with people so I think making those connections being able to talk to people being able to have the confidence to speak to people that's a vital skill that's not going to go away I mean we can teach them all the radio stuff we can teach them the TV stuff a lot of the um, social media Media skills they come with already we just sort of mold them in the direction of doing it a bit more professionally um, the writing skills we work on a lot uh, because being a good writer is really good and it's not like academic writing it's very different to academic writing where you've got to write a two or a three thousand word essay here I want you to tell me a story in three sentences <laughs> and that's what we were doing this morning we were learning how to write stories in three sentences and the students were really struggling but by the end of it they'd really really come on so writing is really important listening to people talking to people is really really important and not being afraid as Barney says to pick up the phone because a lot of students these days they are really a bit scared of picking up the phone so that's something that we work on with them as well. The other thing that uh, we know is that our students have a lot of opinions. They really do. Some of which could land them in trouble. Mm. And so we need to make sure that they can say things without getting into trouble legally, but also the watchdogs who regulate what we do, the Office of Communications, Ofcom, or if they go to work for a newspaper, Ipso, the editor's code, or Impress. So it's about being able to understand that as well. And also it's about giving somebody an active listening to. Mm. What do I mean by that? God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we could listen twice as much as we speak. And, and, and that is sort of really important. You can pick up so much just by listening to somebody. And it, it really is, for me, pretty crucial. What we teach them are, are slicker ways uh, of, of spotting stories. In, in, when I'm chatting to you, for example, I'm pretty sure that I could get something out of you which, which would lead to a story of some sort. That's how confident I am and that's how confident we, we uh, try to impart to our students. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that leads me to the next point, which is that persistence, that ability to take not take no for an answer 
uh, and that resilience of saying, okay, so I, so I haven't got it this time. How do I get around that problem? How do we plan the day? How do we make sure that we work together as a team? All those skills they will learn and all those skills are transferable, which is really exciting about journalism. There are journalists who are now film directors. There are journalists who are now politicians. In fact, our prime minister is a journalist. (laughs) And so there isn't anything that a journalist cannot do. And, you know, getting the right training is going to be the the thing. Mm. If I could mention just one more thing, Claire, and I, I know you'll have other ideas too, but for me, something that I've always done but I've never formalised until very recently, is data-driven journalism. What do I mean by that? There are so many sources which give us data, figures, mathematical stuff, which create stories, stories that are untold, stories that can change policy, that can change law. During COVID, for example, the number of disproportionate ethnic minorities who caught COVID wasn't being told because the data wasn't let out, wasn't released until it was much, much later. As, as, a, as the editor at large at East Nye, we made sure that we got that data and we created stories around it, so much so that it was mentioned in Parliament three times during a, an emergency debate. So it's about that. It's about looking for future trends as well, which is what Claire, Julian, Jenny and I try to do along with all our uh, colleagues here at the university. And one of the other interesting things that we do on the course is because we're based in a department of politics, if you've got a student who is interested in journalism but they're also really interested in politics, this is the place to send them, right? Because we've got these political experts but we also run in year two, we run a module about essential public affairs and law. Barney's talked about the law element of it but we also teach you about um, councils, where stories come from, um, how to deal with your MPs and if you're really keen on politics if you think if you've got a student who you know could be the next Laura Koonsberg or something like that we've got a, a module about political journalism in the third year of the course which would really you know push them in that way it's an option not everybody has to do it it's not for everyone but thinking about how we deal with politicians particularly politicians who don't always tell the truth that's an important skill that we need to learn for the future and I've actually got one of our grads from the MA course. We don't have any grads of the BA course yet because it's quite a new course, but our MA course has been running for 10 years and I've got one of them working on the Great Pottery Throwdown and another one doing music journalism for the BBC. So, you know, you can do what some of us have done, which is going to straight news, hard news, political news, data-driven news, investigations, or you can take it in a different direction and do something more light with it. Those skills are so transferable. The skills of find, talking to people, listening to people, uh, interviewing finding things out writing all of those skills you can use in in all sorts of different careers mm, definitely definitely well hopefully we've got time for one more question maybe to to end today on um, and that would just be what sort of advice would you have for those students who are starting that application process so the first thing I always say to the students is watch read listen to the news every single day and don't just always get it from the same sources sometimes I say to them where do you get your news from and they go BBC and I say okay which programs and they go oh the app and I'm like okay that's fine that's great but also watch the news on TV if you liked the BBC also watch Good Morning Britain okay if you like the Guardian also read the Sun okay make sure you get your news from lots of different places because like Barney said 
the news needs to be for everybody, right? So we need to be looking at it from lots of different perspectives. We need to be hearing lots of different voices. So watch, read and listen to the news from a range of stories every day. And also... If you've got an opportunity, if the students have an opportunity to um, do a bit of blogging or vlogging, that's a fantastic thing. It gives them something to talk about in their interview, something that kind of shows a commitment to journalism. You know, show us what you can do. Show us why you really want to be a journalist. Um, And if you don't have that, do you know what? Just create your own student newspaper. When my daughter was at primary school, I went in and with a bunch of eight-year-olds and we created a student newspaper (laughs) and they loved it. They just absolutely loved it. So if you haven't got one just create one just go for it you can build your own website really really easily these days and and start creating your own content and that really shows us a commitment to the job what do you think Bonnie? Can I get a message to the teachers Mm, and the careers advisors which is this I was told at 16 to forget about journalism because I was brown I am still brown I haven't changed (laughs) (laughs) um I was not going to go to Oxbridge, absolutely spot on. And the soul-destroying thing was I couldn't write. My writing was too flowery. He writes very well, actually. And so, <laughs> thank you. So my, my plea to the careers advisors and the sixth form tutors and parents as well who might be listening to this, journalism is a force for good. We hear so many bad things about journalism and journalists, but let's be quite honest about it. If it wasn't for the bravery of Paul Dacre on the uh, mail, uh, in the Daily Mail, we would not have caught the killers of Stephen Lawrence. If it wasn't for the campaigning of Esther Ransom, we wouldn't have known about the thalidomide children or the child sexual abuse that that goes on in this country. Uh, If it weren't for the papers right now collecting food collecting and really pushing ahead for refugees to come in from the ukraine we wouldn't be helping as much as we are journalism has had its knocks we're not perfect we learn from our mistakes but we are a force for good the politicians listen to us and i think that's why i came into journalism Mm. it is to change and leave it in a better position than i found it yeah, fantastic. I mean, that's that's absolutely right. We all want to make the world a better place. And I think journalism gives students an opportunity to feel that they are just doing that in some small way. Mm, absolutely. Oh, it's been so lovely talking to you both. Um, I feel very privileged to have this um, time with you. And thank you so much for sharing all of your advice and knowledge. And I'm sure everyone listening will be able to kind of pass this on to our future journalists, definitely. So thank you very much. For, thank you for so being much here. for the opportunity. It's, yeah, been thank you. Great. it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Email schools at uea.ac.uk to find out what we can do to support your school. Okay, that's it for this month. Huge thanks to Barney, Claire and Lydia. Um, I'm sure you'll be keen to know more about this course after hearing all those um, wonderful words. So do check the notes and I'll put all the links you need in there. And just a final reminder, don't forget to register for the teacher conference and we'll look forward to seeing you in June. That's it for this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures. We would absolutely love to hear from you. To book a visit, make a suggestion or ask us a question. Drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk. Thanks for joining us.